Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. And we'll have a reading um, from Acre, reading Isaiah 2, um, 1 through 4. A reading from the book of Isaiah. This is what Isaiah, Amos's son, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. Peoples will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, come, let's go up to the Lord's mountain, to the house of Jacob's God, so that God may teach us God's ways and we may walk in God's paths. Instruction will come from Zion, the Lord's word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations. Then they will beat their swords into iron plows and their spears into pruning tools. Nation will not take up sword against nation. They will no longer learn how to make war. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Acre, for reading. Um, I thought this morning, we're talking and so much is happening um, for our children's moment. I wanted to read part of this book that's called We Are All Born Free. And it is really artistic reflections on the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Yeah, you've read it before. We're just going to do a couple pages. So are you going to help me? The sticky notes are the pages we're going to read. Okay, so, ready? We are all born free and equal. We all have our own thoughts and ideas. We should be treated in the same way. These rights belong to everybody, whatever our differences. Can picture? So. Why did you waste it? You can use them after me, okay? We all have the right to life and to live in freedom and safety. All these people are in a park and they're dancing around, right? We, nobody has any right to make us a slave. We cannot make anyone else 
our slave, right? Yeah. Yeah. That picture is kind of scary, huh? Yeah. <laughs> They're like clowns. Everyone has the right to be protected by law. And what do you see in this picture? The what are those flowers? Um, sunflowers. Sunflowers, you're right. We talked about sunflowers and how when the sun's not out, they face each other. What a cool idea. If we are put on trial, this should be in public. The people who try us should not let anyone tell them what to do. From who's that background? That looks like um, an angry person, right? Justice needs to happen in the public. We have the right to go where we want in our own country and to travel abroad as we wish, right? We all have the right to belong to a country, right? We all have the right to believe in whatever we like, to have a religion, and to change if we wish. Yeah? Do we have different religions in our house? Yeah. Yeah. And this is the last one I picked. We all have the right to meet our friends and to work together in peace to defend our rights. Nobody can make us join a group if we don't want to. So what do you see in this picture? Well, a, hand, um, a hand and another hand and all hands. Mm -hmm. All hands with different skin colors? And that, um, that that looks like a tan. Mm -hmm. um, um, that that looks like real black too. Huh? What about this one? Brown. Brown. White. White. Mm -hmm. Everybody's working together right now, fighting for justice, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are we saying when we fight for justice? What do you mean? What's our chant? Um. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. You say it, I'll, I'll answer. What do you want? Justice. When do you want it? Now. Right? And so we're all going to look at people are cheering. Um, so we are all born free and we're going to fight for those freedoms, right? Yeah. And the scripture today talks about taking our swords and our tools of war and making them into tools of peace and tools of being in community together. Yeah. So I can't wait for you to hear the sermon by Cameron. Do you see him? Yep. Here he is. All right. Will you all, will you pray with me? Yeah. Okay. How do we pray? Yeah. Right. God, thank you so much for the little people, for all the people who are learning what it means to live in an aspirational country. You could say your prayer after, okay? Um, you want to say the same thing? Okay. Um, that means that we believe all of these things. They might not be true right now, but we will fight for them to be true. Fight for them to be true. 
-hmm. Help us to be be present for those who need us. Amen. Amen. So let me take a moment, sorry, and say, I'm so happy that Cameron's here and um, we went to school together and I just believe so much in his ministry. And so bless his words as he comes forth to speak. Cameron. Go ahead and come off mute, Cam. Um, I am blessed to be able to share virtual space with y'all this morning. Um, <clears throat> would you join me in a quick, in a quick prayer before we begin? Um, dear gracious God, I pray that you would let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I invite you uh, to time travel with me for a moment. Remember when you were a child and you were young and free and without a care in the world and it was at one time your parent bought that new piece of furniture or appliance or whatever and they're putting it, they're busy putting it together and you found yourself intrigued by the box that it came in. Remember how much fun you had with that box? Sometimes spending hours upon hours on end playing with this box. But that's because this box wasn't just an ordinary box for us. You see, this box would transform into a rocket ship, allowing you to explore the galaxy and discover new life forms on other planets. Maybe your box was a time machine transporting you to distant uh, distant past and uh, near future. Maybe your box would transform into a fort, protecting you from invading kingdoms. And now that we've grown up, we realize that these boxes had no power of themselves, but it was the magic of imagination that enlivened these ordinary pieces of cardboard and showed us that there are limitless possibilities when one dared to imagine. The dictionary defines imagination as an act or power of, <clears throat> excuse me, an act or power of forming a mental image of something not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. An article indicates that the imagination is a significant role in early childhood development as it aids the child in developing problem solving skills, uh, healthy emotional intelligence and new ways of seeing the world. It states that children learn to build their interior and exterior worlds through imaginative play as early as the ages of three and four. Uh, this is a time where children learn to attach their, emotional, their emotions to experiences. For example, when a child is tucking their dolls in at night or maybe scolding the dolls for, mis for misbehaving, the child is able to then process the emotions that they feel when these real life experiences happen between them and their parents. And it's through imagination that the child learns how to care and be cared for. One of my favorite examples of children and the power of imagination 
is uh, educator and preacher and mystic Howard Thurman. Uh, as a child, Thurman would le uh, learn to insulate himself against the realities of being black and growing up in the Jim Crow South by turning inward and forming, uh, forming a special relationship with the oak tree in his backyard. In his autobiography, With Head and Heart, Thurman speaks of pressing his back against the tree and feeling the same peace that he would feel in his bed at night. Reaching deep within his spirit and sharing all of his innermost feelings with the tree and knowing, knowing that he was understood in some way. You see, this imagery, it's, it's powerful because Thurman shows us that imagination is creative and life-affirming. The discovery of his inner world went on to be a staple of his ministry. And many people who have encountered uh, Thurman and his work, uh, like us, begin to uh, um, chart the, inner the, the course of our discovery of our inner world. Like Thurman, imagination helped many of us cope with the pressure of our young world by giving us tools to survive it. The fact of imagination is that all of creation finds its beginning in the imagination of God, as it is God who spoke the universe into existence. Because we are made in the image of God, we have this ability to be able to form worlds into being. Imagination is our birthright. However, as we grow older, and many of us find that our imaginations have been tapered by oppressive systems such as capital, capitalism and patriarchy. Because of this, we conform to the status quo of what it means to be an adult, only associating imagination with childhood. We're told to get our heads out of the clouds and to come back down to reality and to value rationalism above imagination. Now, I don't, I don't want you to misunderstand me. Uh, there isn't anything wrong with being rational. In fact, it is important to ground your thinking and things that are factual. However, imagination is important because it, it helps us shape our reality. Oppressive systems and power seek to, deter to determine that reality for us, telling us to accept the current state of the world. And in turn, this has caused us to second guess our very own God-given ability to create and to care. Now, as we, we I want to, uh, I want for us to, to, to think on this um, and to break out in our uh, breakout groups, where I want to pose the question, where do you wish you saw the utilization of imagination in our world? Where, where could you see more of imagination in our world today? So I think that's our cue, Pastor Darcy. Cameron, there we go. There we go. Wow, Cam. I was over here like already hyped. <laughs> um, I love that question. It's so good. Yeah. yeah, so so what like personally, what, what are some ways that you you wish you would see uh imagination used more today? 
Hmm. Ooh, can I jump right in, Pastor yeah, Henry? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I think with solutions to the current problem, right? We see current problems. We see, you know, there's like Democrat, Republican. I think we could have more innovation and imagination into mm-hmm. solutions um, to larger social issues mm-hmm. and maybe that is in um yeah in creating different systems yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, i mean for me i take my imagination back to like um the connection of, of people and race to where i imagine color not being an issue to where you know it, and i know and i i spoke to pastor darcy on this one time i was going to preach and it still is a sermon in my back pocket um, about when people say, um, I don't see color. Yeah. What, 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 what would the world really be like if we really didn't see color? I, Cause I don't believe that when people say that, um, because we have to see color without seeing color, you don't see the worth of a person in their journey and where they're coming from. But, right. but if we could imagine if we could get to the point where we really didn't see color, how much better would the world be? Um, I think that's my biggest hope, imagination, dream, all tied into one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, I, um, where I wish we would be able to, to use imagination more is in, in the ways that we care for people. You know, there mm. seems to be uh, mm. structures and systems set in place that seem unmovable. Mm. But I think what, what imagination teaches us is that, uh, well, it seems unmovable, especially when it comes to um, people receiving everything that they need and being cared for and being supported. Um, but what imagination teaches us is that where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I, I hope to see imagine, imagination used more in the ways that we um, care for people experiencing homelessness. Yeah in ways that we um, care um, for orphans, in ways that we care for uh, the, just the marginalized. Less fortunate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I have the, the sad reality of seeing numbers every day, bank accounts. And uh, uh, so I, I see the gap in how much some people have and others don't. Right. Um, and, um, you know, it really, it really, you know, begs to us to ask the question, when is enough enough? And do we really care about each other to where you, you have this much more than what you would ever use? Um, and then you see someone else over here starving and you pay no mind to it. So it's, it's definitely a hard question. Uh, you, you see a lot of companies, Apple just this week, two trillion, biggest, wow. company, biggest company in the world. Um, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, he's become, he gave half his money away, but he's gained it all black. He's, he's over close to 200 mil, billion now. So one person, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, much. so how can we imagine collectivity in a different yeah, way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like sharing a wealth, you know. Mm-hmm. But and kept, what community looks like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, um, I think that imagination is important in forming community. 
You know what I mean? Um, it's I think it's of extreme importance when it comes to community um, because it allows you to be able to see yourself in someone else yeah. and, and to right. humanize yeah. them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 And yeah. imagining imagining what King talked about as like our mutual destinies. Mm. It takes imagining, you know, yeah. especially yeah. in a world that has tried to separate so many people based on race, based on socioeconomic class. We have to overcome what mm. society tells us through imagination, right? Yeah. Capitalism subverts any imagining of what could be outside of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I was just listening to this storyteller yesterday. Um, and he's what he said was kind of challenging me. He said, um, he said, oppression gives with it the language to imagine and to overcome. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's kind of buttoned up against what I'm, what I'm really thinking <laughs> lately. Um, but maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this test of our imagination right now yeah. will be the thing that will really get us free. Yeah. yeah. And I think another another like um caveat with all of that is I don't think we oftentimes we are imagining and we don't even know it. Like imagination is basically planning. Like if you're planning something, hmm. whether it's a project or you're planning to draw camera, you know, you're imagining how it looks before you finish. You know, if you planning, planning a ministry to help, you know, a homeless community or a third space, like me and Pastor Darcy are trying, we're imagining how this space can look, who it can help. All, we may not call it that, mm-hmm. but it starts with imagination. It starts with hoping that something turns out the way it, it is drawn in your mind. That's imagination. So I think we do it all the time. In every part of our life, we imagine getting to job on time. I mean, it's like it's it's all <laughs> it's all tied into that, but we don't use that word because, as you said in your sermon already, we get older and we take away that part of that, you know, that part from us. And it. Well, and, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, and I think you you have a clear picture of that as an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, those games that I played where I would imagine and mm-hmm. picture, really picture the success or the, mm-hmm. you know, picture myself making that shot, then I, then I could. And it's so, you know, it expands what our, what our minds can do, what yeah. our bodies can succeed. Yeah. That's yeah. cool, Pastor Henry. Mm-hmm. Cam, what a great question to do a small group on. I'm excited to hear feedback from what everybody else is talking about to you. Yeah. You, um, it's about almost seven minutes. I think okay. we should go ahead and, uh, okay. Yeah. Let's bring everybody back. I think Daniel's, um, although he's muting, he's, he's, he's working hard here as our tech. Um, so I think they're gonna, we're asking them to close up the other small groups and bring them back. It'll be a minute before that happens. Um, I'm so excited to hear where you're, where you're headed with this and your, your final part. This uh, kind of it, it, when I was thinking about it, it, it really reminded me. What? I said when I was thinking about it, it really reminded me of um, I don't know if you remember um, that 
textbook we had to get at Chandler for OT, um, Prophetic Imagination by Brigham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it, it kind of just like uh, confirmed some things for me. Yeah. Uh, just going over it in the last few days, just about the, what um, the link between imagination and the role of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go there with us, Cam. Amazing. <laughs> right. So I think everyone's back. Let's pass the mic um, again to to Cameron. Thanks, Cam. Um, following the thinking own imagination, I was led to our text that we read today. Um, and the setting of our text occurs in around the 8th century BCE. Isaiah is called by God to be a prophet, and his job as a prophet is to speak against the political and spiritual failing, political injustices and spiritual failings of his time. Um, Isaiah's ministry begins right around the end period between um, the end period between a, a, a time of peace between the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. So conflict is on the horizon, on the horizon and it's bubbling up between Judah and the surrounding nations of Syria, Assyria and Israel. And so the newly appointed king, King Ahaz, after King Uzziah dies, uh, <clears throat> he he is in charge of leading um, Israel. And the king of Assyria is beginning to extend his reaches, the reaches of his territory uh, in the areas um, to the west in the direction of Israel and Syria. Both nations were threatened by this, both Israel and Syria, and they sought help from Judah as the Assyrian army approached. And so when approached, King Ahaz, uh, the king of Judah at the time, refuses uh, to be of service uh, between uh, Syria and Israel. So when he refuses, both Syria and Israel seek to attack Judah and put uh, a king in his office that was more pliable uh, to uh, their requests. Um, So the prophet Isaiah warns King Ahaz not to rely on any other power but God. However, King Ahaz frantically runs to the Assyrian king for protection, uh, which ultimately leads to the fall of Judah. And so we have Isaiah standing in the midst of this conflict, watching things come to a head, but commissioned by God to speak out against his nation's corruption while also offering some hope. And so that's where our, uh, specifically verse four of our chapter, uh, um, of our text picks up. And it indicates that despite the conflict um, between the nations, Isaiah sees a future where God, where God will actively be involved in, in arbitrating and settling disputes among the nations. And, th- and those nations will in turn convert their swords and plows into uh, their swords into plows and their spears into food. 
Now, this is fascinating imagery for me um, that I would like to call to your attention. Uh, can you imagine what this process of converting uh, these weapons into tools looks like? You can see in your mind's eye, you can see the white hot sparks flying up and hear the clanging of the iron as these weapons are being broken down and reconstructed into something new. I believe what is most important, however, is in this process is the ability to, uh, to first look at a sword and see a plow. And to look at a spear and see a pruning tool. It is through imagination that one looks at an instrument of death and destruction and is able to see something, uh, uh, is able to see the see its potential to be transformed into a tool meant for cultivating something that is life sustaining. It would seem that a nation without means to protect themselves would be vulnerable, for these weapons will be of no use uh, because the text says that they will learn, they will not learn war anymore. The, the, the pursuit, the, the learning of war will no longer be an active pursuit. Uh, this means that these nations will forget old, way, old and destructive ways of being in favor for new and life-giving ones. The imagery of how, how many people will, will be killed by these weapons is thrown up against uh, the imagery of how many communities will be fed by the food that these tools would help to produce. And so how can we learn from this text? What does this text have to say to us? This text lets, lets us know that uh, imagination is rooted in hope. And when we remember to imagine, we are able to see a world beyond our present. We no longer settle for what is, but we tap into limitless sources of power when we, omit, when we remember to imagine. Now, when we were remember to imagine we are emboldened to confront the evils of our day. When we remember to imagine, we don't allow ourselves to settle for what is, but envision what could be and what should be. Imagination doesn't have to be passive and dreamlike, but imagination can allow us to peek into the world of prophetic possibility. When we remember to imagine, we can forget uh, what oppression and death and destruction have taught us and create a new world and new world, new ways to not only survive in that world, but to thrive in it. I'm inspired. <clears throat> I'm inspired by people that are challenged. People like uh, Octavia Butler, who created worlds with her imagination. Uh, she had grown tired of the lack of black people in, in the genre of science fiction and decided to write herself in to these stories, creating narratives where black people were central. In fact, she is a great contributor to the philosophy and, and cultural aesthetic of Afrofuturism, which boldly envisions Black people in the future. I'm inspired by people like Tricia Hersey, who is boldly confronting grind culture and creating a movement that is centered around rest as resistance. It is important to understand God did not promise to transform these weapons into tools for us. This was the job of the people. And maybe it isn't our job to actually convert uh, actual weapons into tools. However, it is up to us 
to use our imaginations and our context to see hope where there isn't and create a world that we want to see. And as I bring my sermon to a close, I want us to leave, I want to leave us with a thought, <clears throat> a final thought, that when we remember to imagine, we are able to care for ourselves and our communities. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Cameron, I, I, I said you was going to give me some jewels this morning. You, de you definitely did, and I hope um, those who are listening on Facebook and via Zoom really took um, your message and, and just your final saying, you know, uh, imagination allows us to take care of ourselves. That's, that's big. If, if you didn't hear anything else this morning, that, that is big. Um, and we thank you for joining us this morning. Um, I know, like I said, you've been to the church several times and we just thank you for the gift that you gave us this morning. Um, this is our time of response. Um, you know, um, as always in text chat, if you have any prayer concerns, um, any celebrations, anything that we should be praying about, please place <coughs> in text chat, let the community know um, so we can all pray for uh, whatever situation or celebration that you have together. Um, as Aaron sings, uh, let us reflect on the message this morning, how it will direct our week going forward um, as we try to dive back into um, the importance of imagining as adults who work and have a life. <laughs> Thank you.
and being with us, those of you on Facebook. We hope to see you next week. Unmute. <laughs> Sorry about that. Now go into the world that is often uh, too, I'm sorry, now go into the world that is too often unjust, where the God who created you loves you and empowers you to co-create a world offering the best of yourself, mutuality with affection, lighting the sun inside each other to boldly, to live, love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively.